Welcome back to Primetime Kansas City. On today's episode, we are going to preview NFL Week 4 while recapping a little bit of NFL Week 3, joined by Josh and John as usual. Guys, we're kind of a quarter of the way into the season. I mean, not anymore with 17 games, but I always think of the fourth game as a quarter of the way in. Yeah, I mean, we haven't, we've only been through three games, so we still got one more week, and then we're a fourth of the way in. Kind of. I don't know. They need we're to we're add, a sixth they, of the way at the moment. We're they, just over yeah. a sixth. They need to add in the 18th game, so we have an even number to work with again. All right, we're not going to waste much time. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and get into it. NFL Week 4, Lock of the Weeks in Underdogs of the Week. Josh, would you like to break down the standings after last week? Well, John and Jackson got their first win of the season on Lock of the Week. I had my Thanks. first loss of the season in Lock of the Week. So with that, John Jackson are tied in second or last place, as I would like to call it. And I'm in, I'm in first place, winning with a 2-1 and one record. Jackson and John at 1-2. and two. Underdog of the Week, I am still winless. Jackson's 1-2. and two. John is 2-1. and one. Right. Uh, Yeah, we talked about it last week, how ideal scenario for Jackson is Packers win by one. Exactly what fucking happened. But I made money on it, so I can't really complain. So I will take my loss happily. Okay. Speaking of the Packers, Thursday night football, Lions at Packers. Lions are one-point favorites. I can't really do anything with this game because I don't know who's playing and who's not playing. It sounds like Aaron Jones is going to play, which is a very big deal because A.J. Dillon's terrible. Um, Christian Watson has a chance to make his season debut, which would also be big. I'm more so curious if David Bakhtiari plays or if Jair Alexander plays. Just a lot of key players out for Green Bay. I don't know how the hell they won that game on Sunday. People want to say, oh, well, Derek Carr got hurt. Well, Green Bay was missing like five Pro Bowl caliber players in that game. Makes no sense how they ended up winning that game. I'm just going to steer clear of this one. If I had to pick, I would probably side with Detroit. Um, Yeah, I think this one is right where I'd put it, minus one. Uh, haven't watched a ton of the live Packers this year, but seen a lot of clips. They look pretty all right. Um, a couple of, uh, I think, teams that we really feel like will be in the playoffs, but I uh, won't go too deep. I will take the Packers on the basis that they're at home. But Jackson pointed it out. Those injury con- considerations are very big for this one. Um, so I think it's too early to be too strong one way or the other. I'm going to go Packers as well. I think they do get Aaron Jones back. And I, I'm optimistical for Christian Watson. Not going to p- take any line. But I do like Packers plus one. Okay. On to Sunday's action starting in, is it London? Is that where we're playing it this week? It is London. In London. Is it at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? No, Wembley. Ah, Wembley, okay. Uh, well, it is an 8.30 a.m. kickoff here. Falcons and Jags. Jags are three-point favorites. Uh, my main takeaway is, are the Jags not good? Because, like, what the fuck just happened last week? I, I mean, was, you predicted it. I was the one who took Texans plus nine and a half, but... I mean, I did not expect them to beat the Jaguars by 20 points in Jacksonville. It's just it's, it's confusing right now. This team that ended last year with so much positive momentum, they haven't looked good in any of their three games this season. They're lucky they won week one versus the Colts. Uh, and then you got the Falcons who have maybe, I mean, he's at least bottom three, but maybe the worst quarterback in the NFL starting right now in Desmond Ritter. I mean, that dude... Anytime he has to make a throw, anytime he has to do something, and it's not just Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier doing the work, that team is doomed. Like you saw it last week, they only put up six points against Detroit. I like Jacksonville to get right in this spot. This is an ugly one. I don't want to take either side, any what number, money line, regardless. But I'll pick Jacksonville to get back on track. Yeah, I'll take Jacksonville to get back on track as well. Um, I think the Falcons are, as you said, it kind of reliant on big plays from big players. Um, it is in London. I think these games are always just a bit difficult because, you know, the circumstances and such. Um, but Jacksonville desperately needs a bounce back. I I like Jackson's pick on the pretense of nine and a half in the NFL is usually not a terrible line, no matter how terrible the team is. Um, but woof, the, the Texans absolutely flipped that thing over. Um, 
So we'll see. I think I think the Jaguars might be on fraud watch. I kind of agree with Jackson's opening take there. Yeah. Uh, going into Sunday this time, or going into Sunday last week, I think looking at this game, we would have been like, oh, this could actually be a really good game. But after both performances by both teams, this game looks like dog shit. But that being said, I think this is a game that the Falcons win. I think B. John Robinson gets back on track. I just the Jaguars haven't done anything. They've put up seventeen and seven or seventeen and nine in their last two games, barely beat the Colts, but I, I know the Colts just beat the Ravens. So it's hard to read the Jaguars right now, but I think the Falcons are actually better than what people think. So I'm gonna go Falcons. All right. This game being at noon is bullshit, but it is. Dolphins at Bills. Bills are actually two-and-a-half-point favorites. And, man, let me tell you, Vegas is begging, begging, begging you to take the Dolphins here. They are begging you at two-and-a-half to take the Dolphins. They want nothing to do with that number if it gets to three. Because if it gets to three, holy shit are the bets going to come in on the Dolphins. They, I, oh, God, this is so fucking fishy. I actually like Buffalo to win this game, believe it or not. Yes, the Dolphins have looked great. Yes, they just hung 70 fucking points on the Broncos. This is not the Broncos. This is Buffalo. Buffalo's looked really good the last two weeks. And look, we know this better than anyone. When we used to have Tyreek and Watkins and all them, September was a blast. We put up a shit ton of points and a shit ton of yards in September. But eventually, you can't do that every week, right? You just can't. Offenses can't do that every single week. And I think this is their biggest test yet. I like Buffalo to win this one. Yeah, this is going to be a hell of a game. Uh, both of these teams have been impressive at the start. I think I definitely have higher opinions of both of these teams now than I did coming into week one. Um, and obviously the Dolphins by a lot. Um, I'm pretty sure I picked the Dolphins to get last in the AFC East. <laughs> I just want to point that one out there. My division predictions are terrible. I've got the Dolphins in last and the Broncos in second. Um, I can kiss both of those goodbye. Um, I like the Dolphins in this one, though. I I think it's kind of hard when they have momentum coming like this. I see them maybe as one of those teams that ends up 7-0, 8-0. People maybe get ahead of themselves. They are a damn good football team. Um, I don't know like where Mike McDaniel uh, figured all this shit out. Um, But he's making his sensei Kyle Shanahan even look a little bit lower um, than he does at the moment, which is pretty impressive. He, I think is cruising towards coach of the year. Um, I really like watching this Dolphins team play. I think it's going to be a hell of a game though. I can't wait. And I'm taking the Dolphins, but Jackson, you are right. This line, fishy, fishy, fishy. Fishy, 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 and it seems like, to me, half the money would have come in on the Dolphins either way if it was minus two and a half. But maybe not, seeing as it's in Buffalo. Either way, it's going to be a hell of a game. Yeah, I think minus two and a half. No one, not as many people are going to touch. I know if it gets to, if it somehow gets to minus three and a half, I might even touch it. But I'm going to take, I'm going to take Buffalo. I think this is a game where people now look at Buffalo, oh, this is the Buffalo we expected. But at the same time, I can expect, I can see the Dolphins winning and just cruising how they have been. It'd be very interesting. All, all I saw was uh, Germany fans after watching uh, Dolphins versus Chiefs in Week 9, and it's everyone just with their jaw dropped. So that, that should be that's very interesting. Be... Mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, that's going to be very interesting. I mean, I think everyone in America is going to be up at 9 a.m. for that yeah. game. But back to this game, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Bills. I think this is the game that they do, like, kind of say, like, we're the Bills that people thought we were going to be this year. Because I know they had a good win against the Commanders. They had that bad loss against the Jets. They had a good win against the Raiders. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I think this line. If it gets to three, I bet people just come in and fucking hammer the Dolphins. I think the fact that two and a half, this is exactly where it'll probably end up. Because uh, it's hard to go, like, two and a half and lower, I would take Buffalo. Three and up, I would take Miami. I think this line is about where it needs to be. Let's go on to another noon game. I mean, I know we're all going to be watching this noon game instead of the one we just talked about. The Broncos and the Bears. I mean, I know we're all going to be paying attention to that one. 
Uh, holy shit, this is terrible. The Broncos. How can a team lose 70-20 to 20 and be three-and-a-half-point favorites the next week? They're playing fucking Justin Fields. That's how they can do that. Um, that being said, I would rather burn my eyes with bleach than put any money or bet on this game or put any stake into this game. I predict a Broncos, like, 13-10 to 10 win. I don't even want to talk about it. Holy shit, how is this? Like, oh, oh, my God. I'm surprised it's not a Thursday night game, honestly. Well, next week we get Bears Commanders Thursday night. <laughs> Great. So, Bears uh, also look forward to I think. I think this is one of the more exciting games this week, man. I mean, we get to watch, we get to watch um, uh, the application of physics play out before us. Uh, an unstoppable force meeting an immovable object. Because, <laughs> I mean, both of these teams are just gar- garbage. The the Broncos, I think it's objectively a little bit funnier what's happened to them because of how bad they blew a lead week two and how badly they got murdered week three. Um, but both of these teams have been an absolute shitstorm, uh, and they both got sent to the shadow realm this week. Um, it's a good opportunity for each team to bounce back, though. I think when you um, when you have the performances that this team had, uh, each of them want to play each other right now because they really need the easiest thing you can throw at them. I am going to take the Broncos, though. Um I'm off my I told you Denver was good take. I sent that early on in the football team game or the commanders game. Woof. Terrible prediction right there. Um, but I think they'll get their first win here. Um, and I hope they do because we need to move them away from Caleb Williams. Yeah. There are a lot of really good quarterbacks in this draft, but let's get them away from Caleb Williams. So cheering for the Broncos this weekend. So when I look at this, there's, I'm going to count them out. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven underdog of the week locks. I know I won't get my number one option more than likely. I, and I'm, I don't want to risk it because it would put me in a really bad spot. I don't really like any other ones. So with that being said, we kind of fucked here. But Bears underdog of the week. Oh, God. How gross. That is disgusting. I mean, it has to be done. It's actually uh, one of the best underdog of the weeks. It, technically, available. it is. But, yeah. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. I really hope my number one option gets picked. If it doesn't, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. That is just so gross. I could, ugh, the pairs are a mess. I don't know how long that coach makes it, but I doubt it's till the end of the year. All right, next noon game, Ravens at Browns. Browns are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Man, is that Cleveland defense looking good. We were having, you know, the conversation before the season, can Deshaun Watson get back to his former self? And does it really matter if they're going to play this good? They have allowed the fewest amount of yards through the first three games of a season of any team since the 70s. Since the 70s. I mean, they are just, they've held the Bengals and the Titans to three points each. This team is clicking, and there is just something wrong with the Baltimore Ravens. They didn't have a single play of 20-plus yards last week against the Colts. They freaking lost the game to the Colts at home to Gardner Minshew. I don't know. I like Cleveland in this spot. I mean, I think that this is a win for them. It's an AFC North battle. You know it's going to be physical, but... I like Cleveland, man. Their defense just looks unbelievable. Yep, yep. Um, I mean, this is something that I talked about coming into the year, is they look really good with Jacoby Brissett last year, uh, and that they really just need – well, not really good, but they looked like a good football team with him. And they really just needed to uh, get a quarterback that could deliver um, because Deshaun Watson actually hurt them when he came back last year. And I think he's finally reached uh, the serviceable levels that make the Browns a dangerous team. Um, I think this is a pretty interesting game. Uh, very good AFC North uh, slugfest here. Um, I'm going to take the Ravens, however. I think they've looked damn good. Um, my early season analysis has been garbage because I thought the Ravens were going to have a little bit of a drop-off this season. Um, I don't think so. I think they're a pretty good football team. Um so I'll take them to win. Um, 
that is weird coming off a loss to the Colts, but the Colts aren't bad either. Um, but yeah, hell of a game coming up. And the Browns have a crazy defense. You are right, Jackson. Yeah, this Browns team is as it's. I'm happy that they're like I don't know. Wow, English was this hard right there. I'm happy that they're putting on the performance I thought that they were going to in the preseason. Uh, Ravens bad loss against the Colts. My backup quarterback Colts team, but Gardner Minshew. Sean Watson does what he did last week. I don't see how the Browns don't win this game. It's it's 68 and sunny. It's in Cleveland. I'm going to go Browns. I think they get it done. Next noon game. All right. A little bit better of a noon game than I think we would have thought, you know, a couple weeks ago or even last week. Steelers at Texans. Steelers are three-point favorites. Another road game for Pittsburgh. They were able to beat the Raiders on the road last week. John, I know after week one you were like, there's no way Pittsburgh this year is going to get back to 9-8. and eight. It's looking like it. I mean, those fuckers always find a way, man. It makes no sense, but they always find a way. Um, yeah, give me Pittsburgh, man. That defense against a rookie, C.J. Stroud. Good luck. T.J. Watt and Highsmith are going to make that kid's life hell. Yeah, I'm going to take the Steelers as well. And, Jackson, I think I think you're right. Uh, the Steelers should not have doubted the fact that their defense can really put away those teams that don't have a super convincing offense. I think that's where the, they're the most dangerous. If you're going up against Steelers, you better have firepower on the offensive end. Um, yeah, I am. I like them to pull this one out for the same reasons you outlined. It's just a bit of a difficult challenge for C.J. Stroud in his fourth game. But he should be really confident because he played extremely well this past week. And the Texans... Um, probably look as good as they've looked since um, before the COVID lockdown. So uh, not a terrible time in the Texans franchise history. When I look at this, I wanted the line to be three and a half because I would have hoped someone would have taken underdog a week. I would have for sure. But with that being said, I think the Steelers get it done. I am so happy CJ Charlotte has been balling out how he has. He I called this from the beginning of this preseason. I really like him the way he's been performing. Nico Collins, uh, Tank Dell, John Mechie, Damian Pierce, Dalton Schultz. They they have a really good offense. And then when you look at their defense, they have uh, Stingley, they have Will Anderson. The Texans are good, not good. All right, let's Texans are better. No, they're not good. They're not good, but I think they're better than what they are, than what people thought they were going to be. I'm going to go, fuck it, Texans. All right. On to the next game. Another game. It's hilarious. All four 0-3 teams play each other this week. Vikings and Panthers. At, Vikings at the Panthers, I should say. Minnesota's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Again, I don't know who's going to play quarterback in this game for the Panthers. I don't know how I could take them here. I feel pretty good that Minnesota gets their first win of the year. I know they're both 0-3, but I think much higher of Minnesota than I do um, of Carolina. So give me the Vikings in this one. Yeah, this was a lock of the week candidate for me for sure. I like the Vikings a lot in this. Um, I think they're kind of a team that's played a little better than the results dictate. I mean, the Buccaneers, I think, look a little better to people now than they did coming into week one uh, and they played played the Eagles close and really if they could just communicate at the goal line they they might have gotten the win this past weekend that was a bit of a bummer um, so I'll take the Vikings to win I think the Panthers are just not really fantastic in any way uh, in their offense while it picked up this week with Andy Dalton has been a bit of a snooze fest um, so I will take the Vikings uh, I'm going to take Vikings as well I think I would agree this was candidate for lock of the week. Not going to pick it, but give me uh, Vikings. So nobody's locked anything yet, have they? Uh-uh. I think <laughs> we all like some games, which uh, is gotta, making what? me very fucking uh, nervous. No, this is getting scary, man. This is getting <laughs> really scary. As someone who doesn't have to worry about that because he sucks, I'm happy. Um, next noon game, Rams at Colts. I'm a little surprised by this one that the Colts are one-and-a-half-point favorites Man, I mean, I know the Rams are coming off of back-to-back losses and the Colts are coming off of back-to-back wins, but 
this Rams team, to me, I'm not done with them. Like, yes, they lost to the Niners, and yes, they lost a game yesterday to the Bengals, but I still like what they have, man. Defensively, they look decent. They just got overwhelmed by the Bengals' defensive line last night on Monday Night Football. Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard and those guys really just killed Stafford for the most part. But I like the Rams to bounce back here, man. That, that combination right now that they have of Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua uh, is looking nice. And then when you consider they could add Cup back into that, whew, I mean, I, I'm not out on the Rams yet. I like them to bounce back here. Yeah, I like them to bounce back too. However, I, I like the Colts, man. I mean, I think Gardner Minshew looked all right. Um, I don't know if it's going to be him again, but whether it's him or Richardson, I think we'll still be in for a close enough game. Um, maybe one week out from the return of Jonathan Taylor, get Zach Moss extra fired up. Uh, we'll have to see about that one, but I do agree. I'm going to take the Rams, and I was also surprised to see they're an underdog here. I've thought about locking them, and maybe I should, but I'm going to keep risking that Jackson doesn't have the game I want. This is what I wanted, gentlemen. Ram plus one and a half. Lock it in. Give it to me. I have been in on this Rams team. They've already done me good this year. I want to know when I pick with the Rams. I love Rams plus one and a half. I don't even give a fuck what quarterback starts for Indianapolis. I think this Colts team isn't doesn't have as good as a D-line as the Bengals do. It gives Matthew Stafford more time for plays to develop. More time for Puka and Tutu to get their routes developed. Uh, if Williams can get the ball going, it will look good. Aaron Donald will fucking destroy this offensive line. Yeah, I love Rams plus one and a half. Okay. Next noon game, Saints and Buccaneers in New Orleans. Status for Derek Carr is unknown. Might be Jameis Winston in this one, and because of that, I'm going to put this one down as a pass for me. Um, Baker kind of came back down to earth last night against Philly, and this New Orleans defense hasn't been much kinder than the Eagles defense, so I don't really want to mess with this game. You made me pick. I'd pick the Saints, but I don't have a strong feeling. I will take the Saints. Uh, yeah, obviously when the quarterback's that uncertain, um, it's tough to tell. Um, but I, I like their defense a lot. Their defenses look pretty scary, um, and it's kept all of their games pretty close. I think they'll pull through this weekend. Uh, when you look at it, they, I think I saw something that said um, – they want James. They're preparing for James Winston to start. So, with that being said, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bucks. I think the Bucks can actually pull this one out. This is a revenge game for James. This is big time for him. Uh, but yeah, who the hell knows in this game? Okay, last noon game of the the Sunday slate: Bengals at Titans. Bengals are only two and a half point favorites, which is kind of surprising to me as well. Uh, I like Cincinnati in this matchup, although neither team looks right at this point. I just trust Cincinnati more than I trust Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I tend to agree. It's it's kind of difficult to tell because I still – I think I said this last week and I'll say it again now is I don't think anyone believes this is the iteration of the Bengals team we're going to have come, you know, week 10, week 15. Um, so the question is when do they start turning it over – into that sort of their form. Um, I I do like them in this, though. And for another reason, I, this is a cliche I use all the time, but um, I think they're a team that's well-suited to get down in the mud with Mike Vrabel because, um, you know, that's how the Titans like to win football games um, in ugly fashion. The Bengals got an ugly one last night, um, so they are willing to go up with that. Um, so I'll take them in a close one in Tennessee, but maybe Joe Burrow gets on track and it's not quite so close. Holy shit, boys. What? Billy Donovan just posted a Mizzou gif. Mm, interesting. I don't know okay, if you know who the hell I don't, Billy Donovan. This guy posts, he like, yeah. he, he has yet to miss a pick. Truly Donovan is pretty good at this shit, yeah. Like, he it's called predictor. He, he called Boateng like six hours before he committed. He's called all of our. He's called all of our uh, recruits. So, so it'll be basketball. Yeah, and we just had all that right. five star Jaden Quint. I don't know his name. Visit us. So, all right, let's get back to the football. And we have a seven two center on Friday committee. So that's probably who it is. But with that being said, 
Yeah, the Bengals looked like dog shit last week. Or last night, as we were recording this. I don't think... I think if they played against a team that has a competent offensive lineman, I think the Bengals are 0-3. Uh, so, with that being said, I think... Isn't Derrick Henry questionable for this week? I have no idea, actually, on his health status. He, Did he get hurt, or am I thinking of someone else? He's not on the injury report. Okay. Some other reason I thought he got hurt. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to go... Damn, if the Titans just had a competent quarterback, like, fuck. Give me the Bengals, as much as I hate saying it, because this would be a great game for them to lose. Afternoon slate. Patriots at Cowboys. Cowboys are seven-point favorites. Mm. Before... I know, I know something is about to happen with this game. I don't know what it is going to be. I just know something's going to happen. Um. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm leaving this one alone. Uh, I don't want to do anything with this game. I don't trust Dak Prescott. I don't trust Mike McCarthy, and I sure as hell don't trust the New England Patriots, who barely got past the Zach Wilson Jets last week. I'll pick Dallas, but I think that torn ACL to Trayvon Diggs significantly changes the outlook on their season, man. They don't look any what as good as they did when he was healthy, man. That is a big-time loss for them, and it's Dak Prescott at the end of the day. You can't trust him. Oh, God. I'm getting really scared about Jackson not picking yet. Um, Motherfucker. I am going to take the Patriots underdog of the week okay. in this one. Um. I think that the Cowboys are very Cowboys this year. Like, if we needed a reminder that they're still the Cowboys, this was that. Um, Mike McCarthy is still their coach, even though I kind of gave him a couple of flowers last week. Not too many, but a couple. Um, I think this is a good matchup for the Patriots to make it close. Um, A lot of times teams that have been doing new things, um, like a new offensive coordinator, new quarterback – uh, Bill Belichick uh, will be the first on the scene to really uh, put him in their place. Um, and I think this is a good situation for him to do that. Um, so I'll take the Patriots underdog, but I think Dallas wins a close one. I So Patriots underdog was my number one pick for underdog. Kind of had a feeling that it was just going to get picked. So I went good job Bears. So, yeah. With that being said, I agree. I think Dallas kind of like we saw like how much digs really meant to the team. I still think they lose last week because I mean it was the run game that fucking killed them. Having three guys over 150 or uh, 50 yards rushing, allowing over 200 yards total rushing, that's bad. And when you have Ramondre Stevenson and Zeke coming, doesn't look great either because last week they had fucking James Conner and Joshua Dobbs. So I think the I agree with John. I think Dallas. Barely pulls this out, but I wouldn't be shocked with the New England uh, upset. Okay. Uh, another afternoon game, Raiders at Chargers. Chargers are five-and-a-half-point favorites. It's the only one that I have any faith in. I'll take Raiders underdog of the week. I don't care if it's Jimmy Garoppolo or not. I don't trust the Los Angeles Chargers in the slightest, so I'll just go with the Raiders to upset them here. Um, I hope Josh Jacobs can have a good day. And if it's either Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer, I hope they just don't lose the game for the Raiders. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, in typical Chargers fashion, I mean, unfortunately, Mike Williams tore his ACL. It's just, it feels like a scheduled event at this point for him to go down with a season-ending injury. I, I'll just take the Raiders. Minus, plus five and a half underdog, not, yeah, underdog of the week. Um, yeah, I am going to go... Chargers minus five and a half as my lock of the week. Um, I I had some pretty good, I had some pretty good success last year picking the Chargers lock of the week and still just cheering against them in real life. Um, So I'm going to play both sides here. Hopefully they don't win a three point game. Um, You know, I've seen plenty of things that say the Chargers are pretty good, um, but I've also you know, the results have not necessarily painted that. Um, they kept it pretty damn close with the Dolphins, though. I think their offense has no issues. However, Austin Eckler is still injured, which is definitely a big loss. Um, but I will take them minus five and a half. I think this is a good opportunity for them to 
get their first game with like a uh, convincing win. So I'll take them here. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chargers as well. I think Quinn Johnson kind of fits perfectly into the spot Mike Williams had. I know he won't have the same production Mike Williams had, but that being said, I still think the Chargers get it done here against the Raiders. And then the last uh, afternoon game, Cardinals at 49ers. 49ers are 14-point favorites. Oof, man, this is a lot of points. This is a lot, a lot, a lot of points. But I just believe in the Niners that much. I will take the Niners to win this game and cover. The Cardinals have looked good, decent through three weeks, but this is a completely different beast than what they've seen so far. Wait, so not lock. You're just saying they're going to cover. I'm not locking it, no. Okay. Um, I will take the Niners as well. Uh, not much to be said here. The Niners are damn good. Um, but the Cardinals did get a nice win last week, and I enjoyed it quite a bit because I am not the biggest Dallas Cowboys fan in the world. Uh, fuck. Sorry, I was trying to fucking pick, figure out who Mizzou was recruiting. Oh, it's yes, Cardinals sure. 49ers. Uh, 49ers. Easy enough. Um, Sunday Night Football, Chiefs at Jets. Chiefs are nine-and-a-half-point favorites, and they are my lock of the week. I, that oh, was going to be. Taking the Chiefs. Okay. Was, you know you're the, you're the only one. About holding to the Chiefs. Same. I'm saying holding to the Chiefs. If we all like Chiefs minus nine and a half, that is a fucking scary thing. It is. Yeah, we do. I don't understand yeah. how this line is within ten. I know it's on the road, but I think I would bet this up to Chiefs plus fourteen or minus fourteen. Man, the Patriots, not the Patriots. The the Jets cannot put points on the board, and this Chiefs defense looks pretty damn good. I don't know. I think this oh, could be another Chiefs blowout. I think they just beat the shit out of the Jets. Jets defense isn't terrible. They have some good pieces on there. But, I mean, this isn't Mac Jones. I mean, this is Patrick Mahomes coming to town. I like the Chiefs to win this one comfortably. I'm not worried about it in the slightest. I think Kansas City rolls the Jets. I'm surprised this number is as low as it is. Yeah. Um I agree. I looked at this. I think the biggest thing is I really like this Chiefs defense. Uh, just three really impressive performances so far this year. Um, like, I don't think there's any complaints to be made about the Chiefs defense. Um, and really, it's just going to be hard for the Jets to keep up with the Chiefs offense with that in mind. I think they finally hit their groove a little bit this past week. The Bears defense is um, high school quite defense. lousy. I think we all know that. Um, but, you know, good confidence week for the Chiefs. Um, I do want to ask this question while we're here. Do Does anyone feel a little upset that we're going to lose Chris Jones after this season? Because I do. That we're going to lose him. We're going to franchise tag him. We are absolutely – okay, and he is not going to play. Um, man, Hello? I <laughs> – I think we're going to have to end up trading him or letting him walk, one of the two. I don't know how it's logistically going to work out. Um, but either way, he is just a ridiculous player. Um, whether or not it's worth it for the Chiefs is one thing, but if there's not a team looking to give him the money he was looking for, they're insane. Uh, he is he is a top three defensive player in the NFL. Top four, whatever. He's He is right up there with the Donald Bosa Parsons crowd. Um and he might be better than one or two of them. Um, he is ridiculous. He is unstoppable off the edge. That was my main, biggest MVP from that game at the weekend. And I can't wait to see how ridiculously unstoppable this defense is when Charles O'Menehue gets back um, because they are just an absolute unit. Um, it's it's pretty scary, I think, for most teams. Yeah. And I'm taking the teams. Yeah, I mean – Chiefs minus nine and a half were my actual number one pick. I can't tell you the last time I took the Chiefs as my lock of the week. With that being said, I agree with everything you guys have said. Uh, I don't understand how it's only minus nine and a half because I don't even think the Jets can score 10 points or a point. So with that being said, I'm going to go Chiefs, and I think they easily covered. Yeah. And if it wasn't going to be that as my lock of the week, this next one would have been. Seahawks at Giants. Giants are one-and-a-half-point favorites. What the fuck? Who are the Giants' new yeah, favorite why? against the Seahawks? What the entire fuck is going on here? 
Yeah, I like Seattle, man. If I wasn't going to get the Chiefs, I would have taken the Seahawks here. This is disrespectful as hell to the Seahawks. The Giants are not good, bro. Like, they are not a good football team. They had that crazy comeback against the Cardinals, sure. I don't give a shit. They've lost 40 to nothing, were down 21 points to the Cardinals, and then just got their ass beat by the Niners. What on earth makes you think that this would be a Giants? What makes anyone think the Giants should be favored here? Give me Geno Smith of the Seahawks to go into the Meadowlands on Monday night and kick the dog piss out of this Saquon Barkley-less Giants team. Yeah. Um, honestly, there might even be a part of me that regrets not taking this as my lock, too. Things got really tight towards the end. Um, this doesn't make any sense to me. I've watched a lot of Giants football because my quarterback in fantasy is Daniel Jones, and that has royally fucked me. Um, I mean, he put up a lot of points week two, but week one and week three, if he could have just gotten 12 points, um, I would be rolling in my league where he is my quarterback. Um, instead, I'm one and two because of this piece of shit. Um, I am a major Giants hater. I hope they get blown out of the water. I have quit on Daniel Jones. He is gone. Um, I'm running with probably, probably like if, if he's playing Garoppolo this week, um, so, yeah, I really like the Seahawks in this. I think this is crazy disrespectful to Seattle, who is not a bad football team. Um, but you know who is? The Giants. Yep, the Giants are rough. They suck. Uh, Seahawks plus one and a half is an easy pick. I think this is probably going to be one of the most like placed bets this week. That and Dolphins. But with that being said, I think the Seahawks easily get it done. It's a, They move to three and one. So we'll see what happens. And I'll go early and say, well, not early, because I think some people said it at the time. And I was sort of a, well, you have to give quarterbacks money if you want your quarterback to not be a no-name bum. But the Daniel Jones contract, I think, might be the funniest thing ever. Because he oh, it's the worst contract in NFL history. They, they, I think there's probably 30 quarterbacks available that could do similar to Daniel Jones. That is a crazy exaggeration. There are four quarterbacks available that could do something similar to Daniel Jones um, for, for a tenth of the price. Uh, he sucks ass. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't get it with the Giants, man. What what do they have that is desirable? I don't get it. Darren um, Waller. Yeah, kind of. I mean, he doesn't look anything like he did on the Raiders. I mean, if we're being completely honest, but maybe that's just because no, it's, it's the Giants. I mean, I don't know. This is a bad look, and look, the thing is, is that Daniel Jones was serviceable last year when he was making, what, like bottom third of the league money for quarterback because you were able to surround him with other things. When he's making top third of the league money, there's no way you can win anything important. You can't supply him with what he needs to be supplied with. And, I mean, get ready for this, New York Giants fans, because you're, what you're watching without Saquon Barkley is what life is going to be like after this year. Because you have completely put yourself out of price range to re-sign him with the big contract that you gave to Daniel Jones. I mean, it. I don't get it. I mean, Vegas is smart. The books are smart. They're sharp as hell. I'm not going to act like I know more than them. But why the Giants are favored in this game, I don't get it at all. Well, that is our predictions for NFL Week 4. And since we are... I guess we could say we're a sixth of the way done now after next week will be roughly a fourth of the way done. I thought it'd be fun to take a look at our preseason award predictions. And I'm not all lying. That. I look really fucking good right now. Um, and Josh has them pulled up. So let's start with MVP, Josh. Who did everyone have at MVP before the season? Jackson, your curse continues. You had Trevor Lawrence. No way. Oh my God. How do I do this? The one time you picked fucking Brady, didn't he win the Super Bowl? No, no. He lost in the divisional round. Oh. And then Brady retired. John and, I, John and I have Mahomes. That's unlikely. You know, unlikely. You know, it. I will never pick Mahomes in any of our preseason MVPs ever. I just will never do it because I will never put that bad energy into the air. I'm sorry, yeah, Jaguars fans, and I'm sorry, Trevor Lawrence. I had to do that to you. I'm sorry. What was the next one? Uh, ne- I'll, I'll just go down the list. Yep. Offensive player of the year. Christian McCaffrey for me. John had A.J. Brown. Jackson had Garrett Wilson. You were just putting. Oof. Uh, oof, 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 yeah. oof, 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 oof. Yeah, hey, this hey. Is when, 
Hey, well, no one knew that Zach Wilson was going to be the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't know that A.J. Brown was going to turn out to be Watt. <laughs> Uh, this is where it gets good for me. I have uh, defensive player of the year next, and I got TJ Watt. That's looking pretty good. John has Chris Jones. Jackson, I can't even tell who the fuck you have. What teams he played it for? Was a, it was a 49ers linebacker. Eric Fred Kendrick, Warner. No, not Eric Kendrick. Fred that Warner. is Fred Warner. I typed in Fred Warner. I didn't it think it was. Fred Warner. Yeah, it's Fred Warner. Uh, I mean, I think me and John aren't looking terrible right now with that pick. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think Jones should have won it last year, so clearly the bar is higher for him than other players. Jones so should have won it last year. Help. That is facts. Jones was the best defensive player in football last year, and I tweeted it out countless amount of times, bro. Every time I watch that fuck, I'm like, he is he is the best. It, There's no one like him. Yeah, no, no, he's the best defensive player I've ever seen play for the Chiefs. And I, a bunch of old heads are going to go all, Derek Johnson, you saw Derek Johnson, did you not? Um... No, man. He – and you want to know what the craziest part of it to me is? Is that he did that whole experiment a couple of years ago of him playing edge. Yeah. And everyone got their panties in a knot. Um, He might be – he's figured it out. He's figured it out. When he lines up on the edge, it's just like, oh, oh shit. Like, they're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. Like, he, and, it, and it won us – it won us a playoff game. And then, and then everyone turned to calling him a bitch because he wanted to be paid like the best defensive player. But fucking sue me. Continue. All right. Next up, offensive rookie of the year. John and Jackson had Bijan, and I had CJ Stroud. Ooh, both of those look pretty good. I think CJ Stroud's in the I think they're right both. Now, I, those are probably number one and number two right now in odds. Yeah, for sure. Uh, defensive uh, rookie. Puka Nakua's hanging out. Oh, yeah. Nice. Puka Nakua. Puka has like the fourth best odds. I forget that guy's a rookie. Yeah. Yeah, what a crazy pick. He was like a fourth rounder. Fifth round. Fifth that would have been a John ass pick. He would have gone back. Puka Nakua. We yeah. would have been like, who and the we would have been like, who? Who the fuck? And, yeah, I wish that would have been a great one. I should have pulled oh, that out. Oh, the awards right went, now: offensive rookie, pick. offensive rookie of the year. Bijan's plus three hundred. CJ shots plus four fifty. So he's going to play the season ends today. You got to give it to Puka Nakua. Who goes at plus 750? Defense to play of the year. Right now, the odds are plus 200 for Micah Parsons, plus 380 for TJ Watt. My and guy then, doesn't have odds. Yeah. Who's your guy? Fred Warner. Fred Warner. He has plus 5,000. Hey, he has odds. Plus Chris Jones, like plus 1,000. 3,500. Oh, God. That's actually 30. not a bad bet. I mean, that's not even a terrible sprinkle right there for 35 to 1. Yeah. All right. Uh, Moving on, defensive pl- rookie of the year. I think I had Jalen Carter. Yeah, he's plus one hundred, so that's looking great. Uh, John had, I think that's Will Anderson. He's plus five hundred, and Jackson, you had Christian Gonzalez, and he's plus nine hundred. Jalen Carter is the Jalen Carter is the number one odds. Will Anderson number two odds. Christian Gonzalez the number three odds. I'm not gonna so lie, think- Christian Gonzalez looks better than I even thought. I mean, even Christian though- Gonzalez is a fucking beast. Even Tyreek was dapping, like giving him credit. And I mean, holy shit. Whenever he slid, when the Seahawks passed on him at five for a Devin Witherspoon, a corner, I was like, what the fuck? And yeah, New England just got another great defensive player. And now in the the most prestigious award of all time is the Trent Williams Comeback Player of the Year. If Mm. I am reading this right, I believe John put... Calvin Ridley. Okay, yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jackson put Brees Hall, fuck, and I put and I put John Mechie. Yeah, no one's getting that. Demar Hamlin's only minus one hundred five. Can't even lie, that's not a bad bet. All he needs to do—that's pretty much betting if Demar Hamlin steps on the field this year—is minus one hundred five. Not a bad bet, if you ask me. I'm, I mean, I like my bet too because once again, come into the year, I'm going to make a case that he deserved it. And the thing is, there was never any chance Calvin Ridley was going to win that award. Like, it just was never going to happen. That fits the theme, man. He's right there with Trent Williams and Kyle Long, baby. Uh, Calvin Ridley's plus 2,200. Bruce Hall plus 2,500. John Mechie plus 3,500. No offense. John Mechie had fucking cancer. I think he should be up there because that's what you're doing with fucking DeMar Hamlin. So, yeah. No, I think there. cancer gets you up there. But I guess not because fucking Josh Dobbs, Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford, and Baker Mayfield and Tua 
and TJ Watt. How the fuck is TJ Watt on there? Didn't he finish the season last year? Yeah, but he did get hurt. He oh, missed time. Fuck. Why is Josh Dobbs up there? <laughs> oh no. Who knows? Dude, I wonder if anyone like has placed a bet on that. Like, has anyone? <laughs> sure. No, but uh, no. sure. But Keenan Allen's gonna be, or not Keenan Allen. Uh, Kyler Murray's gonna be coming back here sooner rather than later. Now, Coach of the Year. This is fucking hilarious. I don't. I'm gonna go from worst to best pick. I had the worst pick by far. I had Sean Payton. Oof. Oof. Jackson. Uh, no, we'll go. Mm, I know. Right now. Picked. Right now, it'll probably be John with Doug Peterson, and then jo- Jackson had Robert Sala. All are shitty picks right now. Yeah, they're all dead. I, I went so Jets heavy in this shit, and four plays into the season, I lost. It was over. Yeah. That there really is a happen. strong chance for me to win three awards this year. If fucking Rodgers didn't tear his Achilles, I would feel so good about the Garrett Wilson and Robert Sala shit. But no. And- I gotta say, I mean, as funny as Rodgers tearing his Achilles was, like, we're it's talking fun. about we're talking about freaking missing out on one of the more interesting teams in the league. Yeah. And instead, they're like absolute hell to watch. Um, so that sucks. Yeah. Yep. So that's it. That's the picks. We'll I might be able to spring probably around week seven or eight. Uh, but yeah, those yeah, oof, not great. Not not very good. Um, if I can I, get one win, I'm the only person without a win so far. Josh, do you by chance have the baseball predictions at the beginning of the year anywhere? Uh, probably in my notes. I never made a graphic. We can yet. revisit those. We can get those next week. Yeah, because I well, yeah, what doesn't have to be now? Just curious as the season's ending. Um, no, I don't have the at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's great. Um, regarding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have them. Nope. <laughs> we just did them for no reason. We'll have to go back and listen. Um, yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, do we want to talk Gone about? Forever. Do we want to talk about the Royals a little bit? Ruining the Astros' chance to no, win the division. No, we no. Gotta talk, we got to give them. We got to give them their props. Come on, Royals are next. The we gotta, Royals. We got to give Mizzou. We got to talk Mizzou. Astros. But we got to talk Mizzou first. Okay, fine. But we're coming back so to the Royals. I think you're realizing what is going on. John is happy to talk about Mizzou right now. Yeah, we, we are in a well fucking we might as well second fucking dimension. All right. Mizzou okay, was 4-0. Well, they beat Memphis St. Louis 34-27. Brady Cook and Luther Burden looked fucking unstoppable, which is so hilarious. I mean, we knew Luther was good, but Brady, man. I'm not going to lie. As someone who wanted to see Sam Horn, Brady Cook is doing way better than I think Sam Horn could He's making do. me bite my words or bite my mouth or whatever that I'm, saying is. Bite your tongue. Look, but yeah. yeah. I've said it about six times this podcast. When I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I mean, look, <laughs> Brady Cook is not terrible, okay? There are worse players out there. Yes. Still remains to be seen what happens when he plays, like, a really good team, like LSU, in, like, 12 days' time. Um, but, look, man, it it is – I think there's something to be said when you have the explosive athletes that Mizzou has right now. Um like Luther Burden playing for Mizzou is pretty insane. That guy yeah. plays for Alabama. Most of the other scenarios that you run for that a player of that caliber, um, like that guy is going to be a top twenty pick in the draft next year if he stays healthy this whole time. I pretty much guarantee it. That cut that he had and he should have had a touchdown. It's it's just brilliant to watch. Um, so I'm glad that there's some entertainment value because look, man, Mizzou football last year was not the worst team in college football, but my God, sometimes watching them was painful. Even the games we won would sometimes be painful to watch. Um, so yeah, I'm happy where we are. There probably is a Mizzou around the corner. Um, and you know, you gotta be ready for that, but look, man, we're, we're very close to a five and zero start. Um, and then you get to play with house money at home against LSU. So I'm, I'm very happy with the, the direction this season has gone. I can't, I can't come on here and preemptively scream and bitch and moan. However, that Middle Tennessee performance was terrible, and honestly, it doesn't make any sense looking at it now. How did we almost lose to them? Don't know, and that's why I'm worried about this team still. But when you look at it, I mean, I went from the highest of highs last week whenever Brady Cook had a 70-yard tutty. Like, that was insane to watch. That that was fun. To then the lows of lows with Brady Cook and Luther Burton getting hurt on the same drive. But with that being said... 
I still think this Mizzou team has stuff to prove. I don't know. I want I want to see us go up against a good LSU team. I don't think LSU is great, but it will be interesting to see. But the thing I'm looking forward to is when we have to play Florida and Tennessee like within three weeks. And Georgia's mixed in there. Georgia's a loss. I get that. But I'm very interested to see uh, how we really go up against ranked opponents because – K-State, they, they struggled against UCF, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, they played – they didn't really struggle, um, but UCF had their backup quarterback. Like, it was a close – somewhat close game. I think it was like a 10-point game. 44-13. Um, they yeah. don't have Plum, Plum Rums or whatever his name is. John – Yeah, Plum so it was, a, it was a mixed bag from K-State. But, yeah, I don't know. This Mizzou team it should be interesting, so I'm, I'm very happy when I watch them. And I'm, I won't. I'll be able to watch them this week, so can't wait. Well, yep. yeah, they're 13 point favorites on the road at Vanderbilt. If they are able to get the job done there and win, they're probably looking at what being ranked 20th, 21st, 20, 19th, 20, 21st, somewhere around that. 18 um, is the highest. That's yeah, for sure. I mean, unless a lot of ranked teams lose this week, um, and then LSU is 13th as we speak right now. They play at Ole Miss this week, at number 20 Ole Miss. So if they win, there's a possibility they go top 10, 11 or 10-ish. Um, so it could really be like 20 versus 10 next week versus LSU if both teams do what they should. Um, yeah, I'll be fascinated to see the line on that game whenever that, if we are both 5-0 and or if we're five and, oh and they're 4-1 and one when it gets to it. Um, a little bummed it's an 11 a.m. kickoff. I think it's within one score. I bet the line score, would be man. LSU minus five. That's what I'm predicting. It would yeah, be I think minus teams. five to minus seven LSU is my prediction. If, I'm if pissed. Was five, no. I wanted I'm to see a night game. That, uh, yeah, I'm pissed that it's at 11. I have work at 130. Now, here's the good thing. Or not, now, here's the thing with Mizzou. You talk about house money versus LSU, and it is. But John, or excuse me, Josh, you brought up kind of the Georgia, Tennessee, Florida stretch. I am concerned as well about the at Kentucky game, man, we have to fucking beat those guys. They have had our number the last few years. They've had our number really since, uh, Barry Odom took over and we haven't had Gary Pinkle. It's time we start beating Kentucky. South Carolina at home won't be the easiest game in the world either. You know how badly they want to beat us. And then you do get into Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, Arkansas. Uh, but I'm telling you, like I said last week, the only game I think is unwinnable on this schedule is Georgia. I think every other game Mizzou has an opportunity to win. God, imagine Mizzou goes eleven and one. I would fucking cream my pants. And there's, uh, I, I mean, there, there, I guess could be a path to Atlanta in that circumstance. No. The only way, the only way to get to Atlanta is by beating Georgia. Like, You're that probably is right. The their cupcake, their their schedule is so fucking easy. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I mean they're. Play. Their toughest game is at Tennessee, who doesn't even look to be that great this year. Yeah, your only path to Atlanta is beating Georgia. But still, I mean, I could see this. I mean, look, they're going to trip up, like John said. They're going to Mizzou themselves along the way. Yeah. But, I mean, I said 7-5 and five coming into the year, and I'm feeling better than that right now. So we'll have to I'm see. just enjoying this. I'm just enjoying it until it runs out. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. Well, shit, we haven't been 4-0 yeah. since, what, 2013? It's been a decade since we started 4-0. So, I mean, it, you got to take it while you can. I know they haven't played the toughest competition, but, like, I don't know. Like, Middle Tennessee State's not as bad as some of the other teams that uh, the Power 5 school schedule at the beginning of the year. Obviously, K-State's not a bad win. And then Memphis is a lot better than most non-conference games that the SEC's been playing. I mean, you've got Bama playing fucking USF. Like, I don't know. I feel like Mizzou's set up this year to go eight and four, nine and three, with the potential of a ten and two and eleven and one if everything goes right. If Mizzou goes twelve yeah. and zero, that means they'll have like five ranked wins. They got to be top four then, right? If if any team in the SEC goes twelve and zero, they're top four. That's that's kind of the benefit of being in a Power Five conference, especially the SEC, is that if you go undefeated, you're making the fucking playoff. But. Yeah. Uh, we'll never go 12 now with no, Georgia. Obviously, so. obviously, but the point, you know, doesn't matter. We can dream right now while we're still four and zero, uh, and we're yep. one of three teams in the SEC that hasn't lost a game yet, even though we have not played an SEC game yet. So take it with a grain of salt. And here's my question: 
Uh, Brady Cook has another year, doesn't he? Yep. 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 Does he have two more? No. I think he might. Oh, Unless just, the COVID one year. More. I don't know. He's a junior. So. I'm I mean, pretty sure he has the COVID year, does he not? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, he the does. way they do it. He does have No, he doesn't. Year. He was on the 2020 team. I get that, but the way they do it, I'll look. The way you're supposed to do it on an athletic roster is like just take a year off. So for Brady Cook, Mizzou has him as a junior. So I think next year is his last year. Okay, no. so that's why he's junior because this is his fourth season. I'm not eligible. No, look at I, I literally have it pulled up. Eligibility yeah. remaining 2023, 2024. So yeah. yeah, we have him one more year. Okay, so yeah, he only does have one more year of eligibility. That- I mean, that would mean if yeah. he starts. I, ne- that would mean if he starts next year that Horn wouldn't be starting until he was a senior. And yeah, I, no, like he's a redshirt junior. Yeah, yeah. Sam Horn probably yeah. won't be here. Uh, yeah, which oh man, that's gonna sting if he ends up being really good. <laughs> yeah, yep. That would be a big blemish yeah. on the drink with because like that because I think last we all know like. Next year, we were like, all right, it's going to be Sam Horn. But now Brady Cook is actually like not playing terrible. So it'll be interesting. And if Sam Horn leaves, it's like, what do we do? Because we don't have a fucking quarterback like commitment. He was really the 10th quarterback in his class. Like, God, leave. Right, yeah, well. that's, a, that's a scary situation, man. I mean, as much as I'm on the Brady Cook train right now, ooh, losing two years of Sam Horn for one year, Brady Cook is uh, – a tough trade to make. We'll have to see. But we also I don't just know don't know how good Sanhorn is, too. So Yeah, you never know how the transfer dominoes fall, too. You never know, man. Maybe somebody big says, fuck it. Like Will Howard? <laughs> no. No. Oh, no, Will Howard's a wildcat for life, dude. I know. Um, All right. Let's move into baseball, though. Uh, I really bit. don't want to talk about the Royals. Yeah, we're talking about the Royals. Because they're doing their September bullshit, where they win a bunch of games in September. And gets everyone's hopes up. And it's not going to work this time on any of us. I'm not getting my hopes up for next year at all. Like, this is bullshit September baseball. The only reason I want to bring them up is because they essentially just knocked the Astros out of the division and gave the Rangers the division, which I am very happy about. I did not want the Astros to win that division. I don't want the Astros to make the playoffs. And the Royals beat them five out of six times in September. So, I'll just give him that applause there. Also, Nick Lofton is fucking good. I will be convinced there. That one, I am drinking the Kool-Aid on. He looks so freaking good. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm going to say something foolish. I'm going to say something I'm going to regret. Um, I am... I feel okay about the direction the Royals are headed in. I said it. I said it. Um, I, I am a little bit confident at the very least that our ability to develop pitching has improved a little bit um, from, from, from being non-existent. Um, like I think it exists now. Uh, there's some pretty, pretty good young arms on this roster. I think, I think you can't deny that at the very least. I am, I mean, Paul Reagan's still a big fan. He's tapered off a little bit. Um, and I don't remember the other guy's name that's been cooking out of the bullpen. Oh, but MacArthur. A couple, couple of spots, man. A couple of spots. They traded for MacArthur from the Phillies to begin the year. And MacArthur looked terrible. But, I mean, really, like the last stretch, he's thrown, I think, 10 consecutive scoreless innings. He's really been the closer recently. He looks good. And, like, yeah, I kind of agree with you, unfortunately, John. Like, I'm not going to buy into him like I used to in September. But, like, that guy they just hired that was the lead scout for the Braves, that kind of got me excited. And then, like, Nelson Velasquez looks like a great trade addition that you gave up for Jose Quaz. Who gives a shit? Great, great deal. Great job doing that. Obviously, Reagans looks good. And, like, I don't know, man. They do have some potential here. Uh, JJ went on. forget which show it was. I don't know if it was 610, 810, or something else. But he went on. He basically said, you know, there were some guys we were hoping would take a step this year that didn't. And, you know, we're still going to hope they take it next year, but we're not going to rely on it. We're going to, you know, we can't rely on that. That's what I want to fucking hear. I want to hear that. I want to be like, look, we like these guys too, but we're done just banking on it. We're not just going to be like, well, hopefully Jackson Kowar is good after being shit for three years. No, go get somebody. Go do something. Get rid of Jordan Lyles. It's time. And like, yeah, John. 
Who the fuck is playing that? Huh? Jo Josh. Josh. Do you care to share with the class what you were listening to? It was Cooper Cup whenever he had his very in-depth uh, interview mm. saying what was happening, and mm. he said Swifties after 72 hours of learning about the NFL. Mm. Maybe hang up and hang out. You're on a podcast right now. But yeah. Well, it's, we're talking about the Royals, so it's kind of hard to like hang out. We're talking good things about the Royals, though. Yeah, I mean, look, the Royals will not make the playoffs next year. The Royals will probably not be 500 next year, but I do think they are doing things in a positive direction, and I kind of want to see what Matt Quatrero can do when he's given an actual opportunity. Yep, I'm yep. interested to see it because this has been a shit sheer, shit show. Yes, it has been. It, yeah. But it we will not finish with the worst record in baseball. So, I mean, at least yep. the Athletics beat us for that. And, and if they're able to win three of their last six games, so they can go 500 the rest of the way, they will not have the worst franchise record, or the worst record in franchise history. If they can win two of the last six games, they will tie the worst record in franchise history. So, so you don't go one and five. Uh, yeah, if you go one and five, then you do have the worst record in franchise history, but only by a game. I mean, I thought, look, I didn't think the Royals were going to win 50 games this year. I'm going to be honest. So the fact that they even have a chance at this point, you got to take the small victories when you can. All right, let's go ahead and wrap up today's episode with D Ford of the week. And John, I'm excited to hear who you have this week because I don't think it's going to be Drinkwitz or Sherman. You came up with a new one last week. Who do we have this week? Uh, yeah, so my D4 of the week this week, uh, I've gone back and forth on it a couple of times, um, and to be honest, it's because there's nothing all that interesting, so I'm just gonna go with the Houston Astros for letting the Royals ruin their season. That is pathetic. <laughs> uh, y'all are garbage. That sucks. I, sorry, I didn't have, I didn't have the fireworks I had last week. Maybe my D4 of the week is people from Memphis, because... Uh, I had a pretty good time at the game on Saturday and uh, said a lot of bad things about Memphis. So I'm just going to keep that energy going now. My D4 of the week is going to be the University of Colorado. Holy shit, did you make yourself look like a fucking embarrassment. You, you disappointed everybody. I did not expect shit from you. But like scratching the Oregon logo, you're asking to get your ass whooped. Yeah. Danny Manning is actually one of my favorite coaches after Dan this Lanning. week. Lanning, whatever his name is. Hey, that is Dan a Manning. William Julie <laughs> alum. Yeah, I know it is, which is insane. So, get his fucking so, but Yeah, Dan Lanning, he, I love the way he attacked it. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the video, but when they were up 35 nothing, Bo Nix goes into the locker room at halftime and says, it's 0-0. Zero, zero. Like, that man has me fucking going through a fucking wall. Yeah. So, yeah. Deion Sanders and Colorado are my D4 of the week. I still like Deion. I just don't like Colorado. I don't know why Fox because is going back Because the media, there. bro. It's because the fucking media. That's why no one likes them. Because the media hypes them up. And you have dumbasses like Josina Anderson that are like, a certain crowd's really happy that, you know, Colorado's losing today. Yeah, the people that are tired of hearing all this shit about a team that's like 6-6 six and six at best. Well, you know what the bad thing is? Oh, never mind. He decommitted. Okay, whatever the fuck. Oh, no, never mind. No, sorry. I was looking at Cormini or McLean or whatever his name was. He was like the number one player in the Nate, number one corner, but he's a, he's on campus right now. He's a freshman. Cool. I was going to say something else. So. Um, my D4 of the week is, I don't know how to say this fucking nerd's name. He has this he glasses and like pulled up hair, black hair. I don't know if you guys know who this is. Adam Sheen? Shine? However the fuck you say this loser's name. Um, before the season, he came on, and I don't even know what show he was on, but I just saw it all over my feed. And basically, not basically, he did come out and say Jordan Love can't play football, that he cannot play the sport of football, that he is not a good football player. And I have been attacking him for three weeks now, asking him, what about now? What about now? What about now? And this fuck blocked me without ever responding. If you're going to have a shit take and you're going to say something that is fucking stupid, you can't just block somebody after they bring it up to you. That is soft and that is D4 of the week worthy, you piece of shit. I will be making I extra agree. burners 
to make sure I get my response. And look, man, I mean, I've I've basically dug up like four just completely awful takes today. It, it, you know, sometimes when you die on a hill, you got to actually die there. You can't just can't just sit and wait. Um, come on, man, that that one hurts. You gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta own up. That's a terrible take. It's it's just like a stupid take. It'd be one thing to be like, I don't think Jordan Love's gonna be very good. Jordan Love can't play football. How the fuck do you think he got taken in the first round of a draft, bro? And all I'm saying is, like, what do you think now? What's your opinion now? Like, oh, after the 18-point fourth quarter comeback, how do you feel about him now? And I just get blocked. Like, okay, fine. You're no fun. Part of being a sports analyst, as all three of us know way too well, is being fucking wrong. That's part of the job. That's part of what it is. And people, fuck, I know personally, I love when I watch someone and they're wrong. It makes me feel better about myself. And I'm sure people love listening to this and laughing at me when I'm wrong. So he's a loser. D4 of the week to that nerd. Uh, learn you how know, to take it like a man. But that'll be even, it. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, even Bart Scott was able to admit he was wrong. And to point out, <laughs> maybe the craziest thing is Bart Scott got that ab- Bart slot. Bart Scott got that absolute onslaught. Um, after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Did you guys know he picked the Chiefs to beat the Eagles 38 to 35? Wow. Um that's that's how you recover from a from a graveyard take <laughs> is yeah. you hit it right on the nose. I, I have a, an, a a piece of respect for Bart Scott that no one has. Uh that's pretty interesting, man. I will say, um, before we sign off, I was wrong. The Chargers and Vikings did not tie. But my God, did neither team want to win that game last week? What the fuck were Brandon Staley doing late in that game? But regardless, yeah, my my first. And did you did you did you see what um freaking the the Vikings did on the last play? Oh yeah, they, yeah. They get the first down and they they, they huddled. <laughs> they didn't like, spike they were just it. Walking yeah. up to the line. I'll tell you. It's like what are you I, I still mean it when I said it that if any two teams were ever gonna deserve a tie, it would have been those two teams. Just didn't end up happening. Dude, I forgot you picked the tie. <laughs> there was a part of me that thought it was going to get tied up, or they were going to score, the Vikings would score a touchdown to make it 31 28, and then the Vikings would get a field goal to make it 31 31. Yeah. And, or, yeah, and just tie it, and it goes to overtime. And I predicted 34 34, and I was like, holy shit, they could both get it. Like, I was just going through all the mental gymnastics at this point. I was like, they could do this, they could do this, and then, yeah, obviously not. But. Uh, yeah, if any two teams were silly enough to make a tie happen, it would have been them. Just didn't happen this time. I'll wait for four years for when they play again. That'll be it for this week's Primetime KC. Appreciate everyone for listening as always. We'll be back for NFL Week 5.